Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Com.com slash compatibility. Always follow the, follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Back at it, follow the money. Polly Howard, Matt Humans, Mitch out. We'll talk to Mike North. We'll go out to Chicago in 15 minutes. They need a new coach. They need a new GM. Is Fields the answer? I'll also talk about the oh, until last night. But the Red Hot Bulls in a great story. They were 12-1 to to win the division before the season. Uh, they're now even money to win the Central. And the one seed in the East will uh, run that down with uh, Mr. North, a Chicago legend, coming up. And Jiggy Jack. Jiggy Jack and Mike Palm still to come in studio. Jiggy Jack won the booby prize and hit 30% ATS. And I'll, I can't believe what he did. I'll, I'll run that down coming up. I won $100,000. Uh, okay, this is great. So we, we teased it yesterday, and you ask uh, and you shall receive, and Matt Eumann's delivered. And he's a legend when it comes to rankings and fast food. And what, three, four times a day? You will, you will go, how many times will you? M- more? On average? Why yeah. you look at me like that? I mean, there's, there's <laughs> some days I might eat fast food five or six times. There are other <laughs> days I might eat two times. So I would say an average of <laughs> Four times, four four times a day. Okay, Paul, it's it's not a hobby; it's a lifestyle. <laughs> there you go. And of course, right. everyone loves your rankings that you do once a year as well. You know, we posed the question uh, about two months ago on this show. Uh-huh. We dared to ask the question: Is In and Out overrated? Oh, what a response! Now it's a tasty burger, but the first time I ever went to California, it is just you are inundated with you got to go to In and Out. You got to try In and Out. It's unbelievable. It was good, but I mean, you just you, you hype it so much. There's right. just no way. It can live up to the hype. Uh, but where are you at with In-N-Out? The burger. And we'll get to the rankings here in a second. In-N-Out, for me, is a, uh, it's a fringe top 10 fast food joint. I love the burger. It's not phenomenal. I mean, it's not the best burger you've ever had. <laughs> well, when you drive past the drive-thru, it rivals Chick-fil-A with the other almost the 20, every time, 20 cars backed yeah, up. Almost every time you drive by In-N-Out, there's at least 10 cars in the drive-thru. The fries, mediocre. To bad, I would say. If if they're not hot, oh, really, they can be really bad. Good call. Horrible yeah. fries at In-N-Out. And that's a key to, when you're ranking French fries. The consistency on which they are delivered to you in your car. McDonald's fries can be phenomenal. Or they can be horrible. And we just talked about that with Nigel huh. Seeley last hour. That's why hot, cold. I learned this tip about 10 years ago that when you go to McDonald's, uh, you're speaking in the drive-thru, you can say, I want large fries, but I want those well done only. If you can't make them well done, I don't want them. Because McDonald's fries have to be hot and crispy. they got to be brown. 
You don't want those white, soggy fries delivered to you. If I, if I got the white, soggy fries, you might as well just throw them out the window. I'm not going to eat that crap. Yeah. Like Nigel said, they can go from number one to number 50 on the rankings, yes. depending on how those fries are delivered yes. to you. So, okay, you have a gift. I'm going in fresh. Okay. Take it away. All right, let's look at the uh, French fries top five list. And, Paul, you might be a little bit surprised to hear this, but I'm not a huge fry guy. I'm more about the burgers and the chicken sandwiches okay, and other things. I like tater tots better than I do French fries. You like tater tots? Love tater tots. Yeah, tater, tater tots to me trump everything on this list. But if you like fries, and we all eat fries once in a while, here's your top five. Portillo's. Wow, again. Wow, I still haven't had it. The Chicago-based fast food franchise. Portillo's not only has a great menu, the fries are number one in the fast food arena. Isn't there one in Arizona? Uh, now there is, uh, there's a couple in uh, the Phoenix area. Yeah, okay. a couple in the Valley, and there's, uh, there's at least one in Anaheim. If you go over there, next time you and your girlfriend go to Disneyland, you can hit Portillo's. Will do. Got to try it. Uh, rave about it. Number two, this is a place you always said I had oh, underrated. Yeah, Shake absolutely. Shack. Oh, awesome. Awesome fries. Terrific burgers. The nugget, I mean, A-plus a, a Shake Shack. I slept on it. I forgot about it. I went there once, and then I got. I tried it uh, twice in the last couple months. Yeah. Shake Shack delivers. Where everything they have is awesome. Everything is good at Shake Shack. And the thing about fries, too, these are the crinkle-cut, crispy fries. They never deliver you soft, cold fries. Uh, they're not too thin, not too fat. The crinkle-cut fries are perfect. Portillo's, Shake Shack, top the list. We just talked about McDonald's. To me, that's number three, but they've got to be well done. If they're not well done, like Nigel said, you might as well drop them from three to number 30. Uh, number four, Arby's, but it's got to be the curly fries, Paul. Very you, good. Do you like Arby's? I think you I, love Arby's. I don't go enough, and I like the sandwiches. Yeah. Arby's uh, got yep. a great menu. And it's a good afraid. mix. And they're not Heroes afraid. Heroes right? and all, yeah, they'll yeah. mix it up. We're going to say, yeah, they're not afraid. They mix it up. They're not afraid to introduce new products yeah. and take chances, and that's one of the great things about Arby's, kind of a gambling franchise. They'll take chances on new sandwiches <laughs> yes. and uh, see how they fare. One of the great sandwiches of all time uh, that's no longer around, hasn't been around for the last 15 years, but Arby's once had a pot roast sandwich that was off the charts of uh, Incredible. I used to wake up in the morning, and the first thing I would think about when my eyes would open would be the pot roast sandwich at Arby's. <laughs> and I would drive right over there to get it. <laughs> I think I think huh? uh, Jack in the Box has got good curly fries, too, believe it or not. Okay, the curly fries there are not the curly terrible. fries. The rest right. of the fries at Jack okay. in the Box okay, we'll get to are okay. no good. Go ahead. Number five, and this is a surprise a lot of people. Yes, it is. Del Taco. Big surprise. JVT, my co-host on the edge in the afternoon, loves the Del Taco fries. Really? Mike Bogdanovich likes the Del Taco. See, they're not bad. But they're number they're number five on my list. And you know, I could probably drop them down to seven or eight, but uh I wanted to put this on there for you know the shock value. It's very close between five, six, seven, and eight, but Del Taco's got underrated fries. People wouldn't think when you go to to a uh, Mexican fast food joint today, they would have good fries, but Del Taco fries are pretty good. Raising Canes has got great. Canes almost was in the number yeah, five. I, I would have Canes yeah. five there. Raising Canes has great French fries. Okay. So Can, Canes is legit. No yep. doubt about All right, it. for the bottom. The worst, the worst fries in the fast food arena, Wendy's. Mm. Sad day. The old fries, yep. the new fries, 
It doesn't yeah, matter. Go. Controversy, because a lot of people behind the glass here are fans of the new fries. I hate the new fries. You do? Why? First of all, on the commercial <laughs> they advertise, they say guaranteed hot and fresh. Have you seen that? <laughs> okay. All right, I've been there three times, <laughs> and not once have the fries been hot and fresh. Uh, uh, they've been okay. soggy, cold. They've been they've been terrible. Oh. I've got I got this uh, email. I have to read it from a a VSIN viewer who. Um, who was trying the uh, Arby's, or excuse me, the uh, the Wendy's fries. Yeah. And uh, he, he backed me up on this. This is from uh, Chris Hartman. He was listening to us talk about uh, fries a little bit yesterday. He said, I just went to Wendy's and grabbed a double and nuggets. Their new fries are absolutely repulsive oh. and almost constitute shutting down the chain until rectified. Oh, no. You're That's kidding. Chris well, what, what, what's, going, huh? what's going on behind the glass? And by they the love way. Them. They love them. They said they, the new fries are great. The biggest French fry lie in the uh, the advertising market is the Wendy's claim that two out of three people prefer the Wendy's fries over McDonald's. Have you seen that on that commercial? I want to see. Huh? Yeah. The other thing, too. What, don't tell, you, you pull don't, three Wendy's employees and say, what do you guys like, Wendy's or McDonald's? Well, we no, like kidding. the Wendy's fries. No kidding. Well, I've huh? said this before. I mean, I don't know if it's a Midwest thing or what, but these people will tell me you, you dunk the fries in the Frosty. That's a bad fry is what that is. If you uh, have to dunk I, a fry in a Frosty, the fry sucks. Yeah, good call. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Burger King fries, too. Oh, well, Burger King almost made the list. So, so okay. I'm talking about yep. the top five. Del Taco, I snuck in there, but uh, Raising Cane's, Burger King, we're right there, uh, Fringe Picks. I will say that uh, we, I just got a tweet from Sean Higgs, who watches our show every day, and he's got Wendy's as his number one fry. Oh, my. And that's what, you know, come on. You can't have Wendy's <laughs> number one. Stick to handicapping the NBA. All right. All right. Wendy's, the worst. Jack in the box uh, to me. And you said yeah. you like the Jack in the box curly fries. They're, the, their other fries stink. Okay. And you, I love the tacos. By the way. Again, don't sleep uh, on the taco. That's uh, the best value going. What? You don't you don't like the tacos? You and I have we've had this. Uh, have we? We've had that this. That was on. Oh. my brother is in uh, in your court. He said he loves. Of course. He loves the Jack in the Box one dollar taco. Yeah. I said I wouldn't feed those to my dog. To a said. stray dog. You get that right. <laughs> yeah. There's no chance. That's a hot topic. Huh? The Del- the Jack in the Box tacos. Hot topic. Uh, oh man. That's right. I'm I guess down. if you're having a really bad week at the sports books, I'll cut it out. You don't have much money in your <laughs> get pocket. Get out of. Go eat off the Jack in the Box $1 menu. They're not bad. They're good. Bogdanovich uh, loves them. In your face. Continue. I love Whataburger, okay. but Whataburger's fries are the worst. So it's a love-hate thing. I love Whataburger. I hate their fries. Whataburger's got to do something about the quality of the fries. And if you're in Texas, go to Whataburger. Mm. Try the fries. You're going to hate them. Steak and Shake, uh, one of my favorite fast food franchises for the last 30 years. But Steak and Shake's fries are no good. The shoestring fries. Um... They could use a reboot of the French fries. In and out, if the fries are hot and crispy and brown, they can be okay. But most times they're not, Paul. And when they're not, you might as well just throw them out the window. So that's French fry rankings. Well done. Good job. What's Thanks number one for, for you? Thanks for putting that together on short notice. I would go uh, Shake Shack and Raising Cane's and then McDonald's. Okay. Uh Burger King okay. in my rankings. All right. I, I haven't thought. had Portillo's, and I, I like shame them. on me. I haven't had Portillo's. I haven't had Whataburger either. That's graceful. Wow. I got to clean it up. <laughs> you Absolutely. Do. You and if you go to, again, if you go to Raising Cane's, 
Little secret. Uh-huh. Substitute the coleslaw for extra Texas toast, which is the nuts. Oh, so good. Yeah. Get the two pieces of toast and tell them, stick that coleslaw. Get it out of there. You can substitute that. I Get do it. love the Texas right. toast. Oh, yeah. it's so yeah. good. And that is unbelievable Coke. It, it's better than McDonald's. You know, it's funny. how There is great. They have great soda. Different fast food joints. Some have great Coke. Others have, like, flat Coke. Right, That's right. never any good. Steak right. and Shake's got really good Coke. Good, yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Vaccaro drinks it every day at the South Point. Yeah, they, they, they take a lot of pride in that at McDonald's. A lot goes into it. We'll go out to Chicago up next. We'll talk to the legend Mike North. The Bears need a coach. They need a GM. A great story with the Bulls. We'll get to all that coming up straight ahead with Mike from ESPN 1000 in Chicago on Follow the Money. Decent. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billy Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Network. All right, welcome back. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast. They're free and available now. VEASAN.com slash podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, Chicago legend Mike North joins us now. ESPN 1000, Odds Couple Podcast, North to North on Twitter. Uh, this guy's like baking soda. He does it all. He's got a great life story, how he got his start in the business. And you you own three fast food places? Oh, yeah. I own three of them, guys. It's good <laughs> to talk to you, uh, Paulie. Good to talk to you, Matt. Before I got into the uh, radio business at the uh, ripe old age of uh, 39, 40 years old, <laughs> I own three fast food places in Chicago. And uh, they were written up in Rolling Stone Magazine, USA Today. And uh, I heard you guys talking. I mean, the best French fry, of course, is a home cut that we always serve with the skins on. You put it into the machine. You crank it down. It cuts up your fries. You put it in vegetable oil. You don't put it in lard. Uh, it's better for your health, although <laughs> when you're talking fast food, that's sort of like an anomaly. But uh, those are the best fr- cut fries that you can have. Everybody else has good fries, it, it, but it's the way you prepare them. And fries get cold fast. So that's a trick. If you take them on the road, you make sure they double bag it to make sure that you, uh, you got to have the double bag and you got to make sure they're warm. What do you think of Matt's assessment? He loves Portillo's. 
Well, Dick Portillo is a friend of mine. Uh, I remember when I had a podcast, I was looking for a sponsor. He never sponsored anybody. And he said, well, Mike's got one. He goes, yeah, I goes, I'll sponsor it. Uh, the guy, he sold Portillo's for a billion dollars and uh, he lives in Naples now. And he's got a yacht called the Top Dog. I think it's got gun turrets. I think it's got a mess hall. I mean, it's unbelievable how big it is. I mean, it takes up most of the bay. <laughs> the top Dog. So it's unreal. Uh, that is something. That is can, a great can, story. can you share your your life story and how you got your start for people who aren't familiar? Yeah, real quick. I was like, uh, you know, working at my hot dog stand. I was also working for the city of Chicago, picking paper and then uh, tossing garbage. And and I had uh, real successful places. And one day, a guy from uh, I had been uh, uh, basically buying time on a local, uh, you know, low watt station, uh, two hundred bucks an hour back in the nineties uh, to do an hour handicap show. And one day, this owner comes in of WXRT, a rock station in Chicago. And I had just read in Rob Peter's column that they were going to start a cool country, which I don't know what that is, or jazz station. And they had just bought the call letters WJZZ. And uh, he came in my place and I said, you know, you're going the wrong way here. I said, sports radio is the next big thing. Now, this is 1991. I said, it's going to be big. It's got, they got a place, uh, one in New York, one in Denver, one in San Diego, one in L.A. He goes, well, we're music people. I'm not into it. I said, well, you should think about it because Chicago needs a sports station. He goes home that weekend. He was supposed to have a meeting on Monday. He buys the Sunday Tribune back when the newspapers were thicker than the Bible uh, and, and the Tribune. And he looks at the ads in the entertainment section. He sees three, four ads for, you know, a country western venue or, you know, a jazz state, uh, jazz venue or something like that. Then he goes to the sports section back in the 90s. And back then, folks, I mean, it's the way it was, it was more of a, a man's page back then. Now it's, you know, everybody reads it. But back then you had, he had 40 ads on a Sunday paper from Sears to Mitchell and everything else. So he yeah. comes into the place on Monday and he says, listen. Uh, what are we going to do, boss? They all go, what are we going to do, boss? He goes, I think we're going to start a sports station. They go, are you nuts? You're going to listen to that goofy hot dog guy? Are you crazy? <laughs> we don't know anything about sports. He goes, you better learn. And from there, he did the best tires you could. And the score has been, since that time, the score is, this is our 30th anniversary, their 30th anniversary, and the Chicago Cubs are on it. And we were told we weren't going to last six months. So that's the story. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Great story. Awesome. Yep. Well done. Okay. Thanks. So, okay. You ha you need a new coach. You need a new GM. Mm -hmm. At one spot, mm -hmm. Harbaugh's the favorite. Is there anything to that? What should the Bears do? What are they going to do? Well, I think they got to look at another quarterback. I'm, I'm going to be the first to tell you. Everybody's afraid to say Justin Fields might not pan out. I'm here to tell you. I've seen them all from YA Tittle to RG3. Mm -hmm. I've seen them all from Ryan Leaf to, to, to Steve Young when he was considered a bust to Tampa Bay. But you knew Steve Young was going to be good if he ever got on a good football team. I don't know that about Justin Fields. He was replaced by a freshman quarterback this year who basically they didn't miss Justin Fields, to be honest with you. That being said, they have a bad football team. You just had the president of the uh, team or the owner, George McCaskey, say he's not an expert. Yeah. And uh, But you got to answer to me, well, wait, you know, I wasn't an expert on everything radio. I knew the history of radio, but from 92 on, I did everything I could to know about the business I was in. How do you own a, a franchise? Uh, for 30, 40 years and, and not look at scouting reports, not try to become an expert. So uh, the buck stops at him. 
Uh, they're talking about hiring a coach before a GM, which means they're going to try to force feed Justin Fields. And let me just state my record for everybody out there. I was against Cutler for eight years. That He was 57 and 57. I didn't want Dalton. I didn't want Glennon. I didn't want Bowles. And I didn't want Fields. The only guy I wanted was Trubisky. And we'll find out where he's going next year. And, uh, uh, after Mitch Trubisky to replace him with Justin Fields, it's sort of like you guys going, God, I got this guy I'm listening to uh, for gambling. He's like, he's really good. He's like 10 and two. And then Maddie going, yeah, but I got a rookie that really isn't experienced, but I think we should give him a shot. And then he goes two and eight. I mean, he had 20 turnovers this year, guys. Mm-hmm. He had 11. Fumb- he's a fumbler. Mm-hmm. Uh, he fumbled 12 times, recovered half of them. And uh, also through 11 interceptions in 11 games. So I think we might be in a little bit of trouble. Ohio State always has great athletes. They're always wide open. I respect the quarterbacks like Eli Manning or Jay Cutler, even though I wasn't a fan. Guys that went to programs that were struggling and because of their play elevated it. I think people fall in the trap of going to the gaudy schools, the football factories, and thinking every quarterback that comes out of there, whether it be Dwayne Haskins, Rex Kern, or Justin Fields is going to light the NFL on fire. And I can tell you this, Justin Fields receiver, Darnell Mooney, couldn't have played at Ohio State. But yet he's playing for him in the in the National Football League. So I'd go after a quarterback. I, they need a couple offensive linemen. They need a defensive lineman. They need a secondary. It's not just Justin Fields. The football team is bad. I'd like to see him go after Josh McDaniel. Somebody said the other day he pissed Indianapolis off when mm-hmm. he didn't take the job. I go, well, Bill Belichick did the same thing. <laughs> yeah. He did a handshake deal and walked away. Uh-huh. But that's okay. So I, I, I really want Josh McDaniel as far as who they're going to hire as a GM. Make sure you hire the GM first, but they're afraid if they do that he may not want Justin Fields. And if you yeah. are a coach that wants to succeed and you have to inherit Justin Fields, you better think twice and you better be strong enough maybe where you get another job oh. offer. Yeah, it's hard to say who was worse uh, at his job, Matt Nagy or Ryan Pace. But those guys have both been mm-hmm. blown out. Yeah. Uh, I I hated Jay Cutler as a quarterback. I thought he just was not a competitor. I I never liked Jay Cutler. Uh, Mike, if it comes down to it, thumbs up or thumbs down to Jim Harbaugh? Thumbs up. Okay. Jimmy, I like Jimmy. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, in fact, I shared a few beers with him back in the day. Uh, he'd walk into Gibson's, uh, you know, once in a while, and he'd be. We'd have a couple beers. I, I never dreamt he'd be a head coach, Matt. I never thought that this would happen. I knew he came from his dad coaching pedigree, but he had a great record in San Francisco. Then it went sideways with the Kaepernick situation and other things. Uh, but yep. he's proven in both venues. Ninety seconds, my friend. How real is this story? And are the Bulls a contender? Well, they're a contender in the East. You know, and, uh, you know, I watched them last night. They they faced the stud team in Brooklyn, you know, but I mean, it, you know, this is a perfect example we were just talking about with the Bears, uh, Paulie. Uh, they sat around for 17 years before they made a change, and they made the change, and in two years we're back relevant again. So uh, you got to be careful who you make the right hires, and now the Bulls are the toast of the town again, but. You know, it's going to be tough for them to get out of even that. you got Milwaukee with uh, with the best player in the game. I think Giannis, or one of the best, and then you got Brooklyn. So it's going to be tough, but, boy, at least it's nice that they're competitive. Yes, it's been a great story and fun to watch. You know, you watched that game last night. It was tied at 71. The next thing you know, the Nets are up 30 in the game. Mike, I never want to say, you know, one game never means that much in the NBA. It doesn't right. define the Bulls right. or the Nets, what happened last night. But you saw how good the Nets could be. 
uh, with their big three on the floor last night. Uh, do you do you think the Bulls are much better than they looked last night? Was that game a little bit phony that they got blown out in the third and fourth quarter last night? Yeah, yeah I think that Indian. I mean, uh, Brooklyn played really, really well, and I think the Bulls were due for a stinker. Yeah. I mean, they've been on a roll. The Rolls, and when they acquired them, guys, I said, okay, that's a nice pickup. Nobody dreamt it would be like this. So I'm looking forward to the Bulls. By the way, I got time for a quick story. Yep. Real quick. 20, 30, okay. 30 seconds. I'll tell it next time. I'll tell it next time. <laughs> oh, I no. told Dustin I should have taken the 7 o'clock hour, but I had to walk the dog. I should have taken the top of the hour and get a little more time. Hey, what's Pippen's problem? Oh, he's a jerk. <laughs> I've always said that. Yeah. Me and him worked for Montgomery Wards at the same time. We sat at a table one night. Didn't, didn't say nothing to each other. We stared at each other. He didn't like me. I didn't like him. I I think what he did with the 1.8 one of the, the the weirdest things that ever happened. I don't think he's a top 50 basketball player of all time because he was the sec, second guy in the team. There's other guys that deserve to be on. Uh, but uh, he's lucky he had Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan taught, taught him everything, the culture, how to get ready for games, get in the weight room, do it all, and get to practice first. Thank you, my friend. Great job. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Mike North, ESPN yeah, Chicago. Mitch. Yep. See you later. You got, you got it, Mike North. There you go. Jiggy Jack won $100,000. You won't believe how we did it next in studio. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. Tune up your lineup. Join the AutoZone Get in the Zone Challenge. Play free fantasy football in this two-part contest series. To compete for a share of $10,000 in total cash prizes, head to DraftKings.com slash AutoZone now to get in on the action. Get in the zone, AutoZone, DraftKings.com for details. I love stories like this, and we've had so many of them this week with the winners in the Circa Survivor and the New Millionaires. But Circa Millions, this is a great story, and we talked about him plenty on this show, and I know Mike Palm loves him as well. Jake Maratz. From Minnesota, a.k.a. Jiggy Jack, won $100,000, the booby prize winner. He picked 30% on the season, 27-63 against the spread, and he joins us now to come. Appreciate some t- the time and, and congratulations. What was your contest history before this year? Hey, Paul, thanks for having me on. Um, th- this is my second year playing at Circa, and... For three years before that, I was in the Super Contest. A couple of years ago, I was top 10 with two weeks left in the year and then fell off and finished around 80th. The other years, I was usually about 50 to 52%, but didn't finish in the money. Wow. Okay, so you've had success. So you cut, you get in circa millions. How many entries did you have? I just had one. Okay, one, one entry then. So like most people, you weren't doing the, you know, I'll, I'll do this put on this card, do the opposite on this card. You start off three and two. You're then five yeah. and five. When do you make the decision to punt on this and I'm going to go for last place? It was after week seven. I, had, I was three and two in week one. And then after that, I went two and three for several weeks in a row. And then week seven, I took an 0 and five. And at that point, I realized I had very minimal chance of finishing in top 50. So the better play would be to try and tank and shoot for the bottom. Yeah, that 0 and 5 had oh, to do it for you in week 7. Okay. I, I, you're 3 and 2 in week 1. You had to be somewhat optimistic because most people mm-hmm. I know 
and I think this way too, if you go three and two in the first week, you're like, okay, if I do that every week, I'll be in pretty good shape. Now, eventually, you got to do a little bit better. You got to have some four and one and five and O's in there. But when you went 0 and five, that was just demoralizing to you. You said, I've got to try to go the other way. And then you went three and two in week eight. <laughs> right. My, my, my first week of submitting opposites, I didn't actually do that well. It was another two, two and three slash three and two. But once we got to November was when I kind of got on a heater. How do you how do you determine when you're trying to pick opposites, hey, this is going to be a loser, this is going to be a loser? Yes. Because that's very difficult to determine. It didn't really feel much different to me than my usual strategy. I, I was trying to pick my five winners every week, and then I just submitted the opposite sides onto my card. Wow, okay. that's it. How wow. many? Wow, how many stale lines did you play? Did you do a lot of that? The last couple of weeks, I did. Like the game where the Saints had no QBs, the Dolphins was kind of a free side there, and then right. the next week, Kirk Cousins tested positive for COVID, and it. I was leaning towards the Packers anyways in that game, but when the line bumped from 7 to 13 after Kirk was out, then that was kind of another freebie. Mm-hmm. Paul, are you oh, okay man. Are you okay with this, by the way? You're from Minnesota, yeah. right? He's from Minnesota, and he's wearing a Packers sweatshirt. What's the deal? Yeah, what, what happened yeah, I grew there? up in Wisconsin, so I'm a Packer fan. Oh, uh, okay, uh, you, you grew go. up in Wisconsin, okay. gotcha. There so he's go. like Mitch Moss. Yeah, uh, that's, so if we can put the graphic back up, guys. And it straightened me out on this if I have it if I have it right or if I get it wrong, Jake. So you you mentioned the zero and five, and then Matt said in week eight you went three and two. But if you show his weekly record, so before week eighteen, you had a run of fifteen of sixteen losing weeks. Yep, that's right. <laughs> that's it. And then there were three zero and fives and six one and fours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the three zero and fives. One of them was an zero and five for making bad picks, and then two of them were five and O's that where I was submitted the opposite sides. How, did you ever get in any of the quarterlies? Because this, you were so. We talked about you on a weekly basis. You ran away with this. It was no. You you were so consistent and so good at picking losers every single week. And you, you just look at the graphic. I mean, zero and five, one and four, one and four, one and four, zero and five, zero and five, one and four, one and four. I, I can't believe this. Yeah, I came up just a little short of the quarter three booby prize. I was four and sixteen, and the the guy who won that went two and eighteen. And the only time I questioned my strategy was after the first three weeks of quarter three. I was sitting at thirteen and two, and or two and thirteen. Sorry, right? right. But, and I, I was like, man, I hope I didn't throw away a chance to win the quarterly by submitting my opposite picks. But the way it worked out, I wouldn't have won it. Paul, let's look at this uh, chart here from weeks nine through week seventeen. Oh my! His God. record was eight and thirty-six. Eight and thirty. Sorry, eight and thirty-seven. Yeah, eight and thirty-seven from weeks nine through <laughs> week seventeen. Eight and thirty-seven against the spread, and he had uh, an outlier in there that two and three week where he was red hot. Aside from that, he was six and thirty-four. Over the span of uh, eight weeks in there, what happened in week eighteen? How'd you screw up and go three and two in week eighteen? Week eighteen's hard. It's it's different from all the other weeks. You don't know who's playing or what team's motivation is. But so the the big game for me on Sunday was Steelers Ravens. I needed the Steelers, and the guy that was chasing me needed the Ravens. The 
Steelers got off to a decent start, but then their offense yeah. just looks so bad. Did you play that, by the way? Hey, Jake, did you play that uh, Packers-Lions game in Week 18 or not? I did not. Okay. Any plans? No, with, 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 I'm sorry, go ahead. With the, uh, with the uncertainty on how long Aaron Rodgers was going to be in the game, I just didn't want anything to do with it. Okay. What are the plans with the money? Still to be determined for the most part. We'll put a little bit of, a, of it away in savings, and then my wife and I will decide whether we want to do some home projects or take a trip or what we want to do. Oh, he's got a wife, so it's not even his money. Paul. <laughs> there you go. Great job, Jake. We will see you this weekend when you come down, and uh, congratulations. Well done. Thank you, guys. All right, thanks for coming on. His proxy, Vegas Maddie, as well, too. Footballcontest.com. Got to tip your proxy. Yeah, I, I, I'm, uh, huh? I can't believe this. One entry, he mentioned how well he did one year. And he starts three and two, and then you mentioned it too. They show the graphic. How many times? I mean, it's right. We'll talk to Mike Palm coming up. Someone who won the quarter. He went three and twenty-two. How do you go three and twenty-two well, ATS? Actually, how do you happen. go? Yeah, I know. But even it's it's hard to pick losers on purpose. We tried to do it well, with one of our entries, but what this guy did. There's a well-known Vegas uh, handicapper tout who you and I both know. We've known for a couple of decades. When I ran a simulation of the Westgate Super Contest in the Las Vegas Review Journal, yeah. Uh, he went over a five-week stretch. He went two and twenty-three. I'll tell you who it was during the commercial break. This is a guy who still sells picks in the market. He went two and twenty-three, trying to pick winners. Oh my god! In the NFL against Hilton uh, West at the Numbers, time, was, right. the Hilton it was it's a, now the Westgate Superbook uh, contest, the Super Contest. Jake here in a four-week stretch went three and seventeen. Then he got red hot and he went two and three. And then the next four weeks, he went 3-17. and 17. That's incredible. Wow. Well, you said it, too, when you did the math on that, on that streak after the 3-2. Uh, the and two. But, yeah, forget, throw out week 18 where he went 3-2. and two. Before week 18. 8-37. and 37. He had 15 of 16 losing weeks. Yeah. With 3-0-5s and 6-1-4s. And, and this, this, this thing was, a, it was over. I mean, he had a comfortable lead going into week 18, and... and and he had nothing to worry about when he put up the three and two. 30% ATS. And that's the 63 losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derbify, and Dave Tooley we'll get to in a second. Yeah, excellent job talking to Derbify, who won Circa Millions. He had 63 winners to win the $1 million. I can't believe it. And Mike Palm was raving about this guy, too, about doing the impossible. That How can you pick that many losers every single week on a consistent basis over 18, well, you can throw a week 18 out, but over 17 weeks. Mm -hmm. That's also a tough call, too. When do I punt on the contest and go for it? Who knows? That's a tough call. I think what's ironic about this is he won the the Circa Booby Prize for 100,000, is that right? Yeah. And he went 3-2 and in week one and and 3-2 in week 18. But between week one and week 18, couldn't get any worse. I'm I'm amazed by that stretch there where he went 8-37. and Against the spread, but and you can't these just pick and stale lines. Maybe at the end of the season, or if there's COVID-related games, well, everyone's going to do the same thing yeah. too. The strategy so that's doesn't also, always work either. Yeah, if you think true, about right. Week 18, I know there was uh, I don't know if it was this contest or the the Super Contest. The Eagles were plus seven on the card, and by the time the right. game kicked off against right. the Cowboys, it's yep. three and a half in the market. 
So if you take the good number with the Eagles at seven, you still got blown out mm-hmm. and lose. Great yeah. job. That was Jake, a.k.a. Jiggy Jack, who won the $100,000 here at Cirque. Up next, we'll uh, good story from Dave Tooley with VEASAN on the winner, Derbify, and his story. And also we'll kick around the Raider-Bengals game to start Saturday afternoon and some interesting props, too. And what Raider team will we get Saturday? And Mike Palm in studio for the final hour, no hyperbole as well. Follow the money. Paulie Howard, Matt Eumann. Decent, baby. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline Welcome back. First Bet wants you to get in all the horse racing action. Sign up today. Promo code Vegas1000. Receive $10 instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. Visit vcin.com slash horses for details. Bonus code Vegas1000. The winner of the Circa Millions was Tony Gordon, a.k.a. Derbify. And he won the $1 million by picking 70% against the spread. That's five games a week ATS here for the entire 18-week schedule. Dave Tooley wrote about this up at vcin.com. It was a more than 20-plus year journey for the 45-year-old entrepreneur from California. Uh, Derbify the name because he had a dog. He had a dog. Um, where the hell did I put it now? Uh, he had a dog named Derby. And when they would leave the house with his wife, he would rip up the place. So we came home and say the apartment was Derbified. Um, that's how he came up with the name. Dave Tooley is his proxy. How about that, too? He walks into that. Uh, I didn't cash the first 11 years, he said, when I did contest. And I felt it usually would take 60% in Vegas contests and going 3-2 and every week, as you mentioned earlier. And in 2018, he finished 12th in the Westgate Super Contest, hitting 66%. He followed that up with a ninth-place finish in 2019. He didn't play the Westgate this year. And apparently it's... uh, don't bring it up because he would have won if he was in the Westgate this year as well with what he did. And he had two entries, Derbify 1 and 2. And he was a model of consistency. He went 4-1 and one each of the first two weeks. He had four straight 3-2 and two marks. He started 20-10. and 10. Um, After six weeks, he was in 243rd place. And then he got hot. And this is like the opposite of Jiggy Jack. And this is why he won on a tiebreaker. One of the tiebreakers comes down to most winning weeks. 
He had one losing week the entire season. Week 12, he went 1-4. and four. And then two weeks later, he went a perfect 5-0, and oh, and that put him at the time at 70%. I mean, th- this is, I can't believe that he only, to think about that, they only had one losing week, and he takes home the money. How about, <clears throat> how about that consistency? That is remarkable uh, consistency. I, I started out personally 11-4 and four in the first three weeks in the, in the circuit contest. I said, all right, maybe this is a year I got to keep it, I got to stay hot. It's just too difficult <clears throat> to not have a couple off weeks here and there. You throw in a one and four, and you, it's demoralizing. Right, and that's you know? all he had, yeah. though. Yeah, to go three and two or four, and, you know, a couple five notes, but either three and two or four and one every single week. I can't believe it. You know, even Barca didn't do it. To have a season like this, and I'm looking at the Westgate Super Contest standings right now. I picked these up last night at the book. The okay. winner, uh, the winner, is sixty-two and twenty-eight against the spread. Uh, what was the winner in the circa? Sixty-three. Uh, 60, yeah, 63. 63 and 27, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so, and to have a season like that, let's be honest, there's a fine line between being a genius and a jerk in sports handicapping <laughs> yeah. because there are a lot of games that can go either way. Oh, yeah, the and, coin flips, absolutely. Right, you have to win the coin flips. You have to you have to be uh, walking around lucky, running hot, things like that. To have that season where you're going to win 60-plus games against the spread in the NFL in these contests, the ball has to bounce your way. There's well no said. doubt about it. And well said. you got to get a lot of breaks. You don't see people that... repeating as winners in these type of contests or finishing in the top ten back-to-back. There's no real secret to NFL handicapping. Uh, no. I've seen guys have incredible uh, seasons, and they come back the next year, and they're below 50%. Yep. You know, it's, that was us down yeah. the stretch. We could not get a break. We were top 25 with three weeks left and blowing 14-point leads, had the Rams up 17. Uh, too many of that garbage, too much of that. Uh, always, we want to hear from you. Tweet at us at VEASAN Live. Email FTM at VEASAN.com. Be part of the show. Good feedback. People are passionate about their food, as they should be, oh, with the French fry rankings. What do you think about the, the fast food French fry rankings that Matt unveiled 45 minutes ago? If you want to share some tweets or you know, I, some emails. I, I guess you and I are not surprised at this point because we've been talking about fast food on this show with Mitch for the last two or three years, right? Yeah. And every time we do, the reactions on Twitter are off the hook. Right. Well, you saved the day during <clears throat> the pandemic, during the shutdown, when you had the oh, rankings. Oh. And that was just, it was <laughs> There wasn't thorough. much, there wasn't was much else to talk no, about no, right No, of course. No, yeah. come on. Uh, we had, uh, what, ping, Russian ping pong and maybe an occasional UFC event. <laughs> I mean, it was. And we, fortunately, we had a little golf at some point. We had golf and UFC and. Yeah. Fast food. Please get Polly Howard to Portillo's. Yeah. Shake Shack is good, but Portillo's, I pretty much could eat every day of my life. Okay. That's one tweet. And I agree with. Uh, I love Shake Shack. Asian Lebowski. I, I agree with that. What's that? I love Shake Shack. I know I have to yeah, get to yeah. Portillo's and, uh, you know, what Mike North just said about it. Sports betting guy on Twitter says, Nathan's, come on, has to be on the list. But only the New York City Nathans, and I do agree. I like the Nathans fries as well. Those were in consideration in my uh, in my top ten. Culver's was also close. Oh, uh, is that one of your favorite spots? Never been. Culver's? You never been there? Are those in Canada? Oh, that's Hortons. That's, that's, Hort- that's Hortons. Hortons. Now, where is Culver's? Culver's originates out closest? of Wisconsin. Never been. Closest ones in St. George, Utah. What is and, it? Uh, is it like a Bull, sit-down Bullhead place? Or City, is it, Arizona. Is it fast food? Oh yeah. It is. Oh yeah. Ask Mitch about it. Mitch loves Culver's. Never been. 
The big thing in the Midwest you do, is you do is a parking. show with Mitch every day for the last twenty years, and you guys haven't talked talked about Culver's. He loves never us. came up. Okay. Well, hey, uh, until yesterday, I didn't know who my co-host was and who was leading the show. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, they don't they don't tell me anything around. This guy here. says that's the Culver's, management too. The Culver's crinkle cut fry is his favorite. Uh, this guy, another one. I lived in New York for seven years and have had soggy Shake Shack fries. Nothing worse oh. than a cold, wet crinkle yeah. cut fry. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. you know, every time I've been to Shake Shack, and I never had a bad experience. There, I had never have either. No. They, they've well, anyone can have good. an off day. I mean, Jordan didn't score thirty every night. I mean, it happens. This guy says, "I'd like to hear if using the Frisco sauce was the steak and shake fries changes." The sauce has no bearing on the rankings. This we're just talking about the fries, not the sauce you eat with the with the fries. I can't factor in. No. Oh, okay. We're just talking about the fries. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're the expert. In-N-Out right. has the worst fries of any fast food place I can think of. They are inedible. No idea why people are always 20 deep in the drive-thru. They are horrendous. Yeah. Uh, whether But the animal style or whatever people, look at this video. This is what this is like. Okay, there's no one there, but this is what how long the line would be at one spot. Look at the setup here. That's in oh. line to get in and out. How deep it was. I think it was uh, our friend Chad can chime in. Chad Andrews does a great job. I think the first time they opened one in Denver, it was backed up for miles. Oh, it was. Yeah? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I remember that video as well. I mean, it's like waiting in line for a roller coaster at uh, Disney World. If you want the best fries you've ever had, go to Greek Hot Dogs in Muskegon, Michigan. How about that? <laughs> okay. That's I don't a think deep I'm a- cut. I'm not going to make it to Muskegon anytime soon, but that's that's yeah. a good tip if you happen to be no. in the area. Um, good, keep them coming. A bunch more. We got we'll get all, more tweets. We we'll get a bunch to tomorrow. We'll, I'll go through all the emails uh, and and a lot of the tweets too about the the fast food and and the French fries as well. Uh, they took me out plenty of times this year. The Raiders. I know a lot of people who couldn't figure out the Raiders, and, and Mitch was one of them as well. What tell Ra- you what? What Raider team shows up Saturday? This resume and season, forget about the DUIs and the, and the emails and all the other stuff. Right. Put that to the side, although it was certainly a turbulent season. And the fact that they made the playoffs is astonishing. They start 3-0. and They beat Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Miami. Two how, of them went overtime. How crazy was that Ravens game on the first right. Monday night? They, yeah. go to, they go to L.A. on Monday with the delay and, and, and get beaten. It was 21-0 at halftime. In Gruden's final game, they play the Bears. They lose at home and scored nine points. Embarrassing. Then Gruden resigned. They go to Denver in what they think to be a bad spot with all the chaos, and they route the Broncos. Yep. They also drop 33 and beat the Eagles. So they enter the bye 5-2 and two and in first place. They lose to the Giants. They get run out by Kansas City, and they get uh, destroyed by Cincinnati out here, although it was close in the fourth quarter. There was some car turnovers, and it was 32-13. But the Giant game started the stretch where seven of their next eight games, they didn't score more than 17 points. Yeah. And miss Darren Waller. In, yes, uh, of five of those games, but after the bye, the, the Raiders lost five of six. They did, and the only win they had was as a touchdown dog at Dallas on Thanksgiving. Think about how unlikely uh, that is. You drop five of six in the one game you win is at Dallas, right? On Thanksgiving, and then you, like you said, you finish with a four-game win streak, and in three of those wins, you score sixteen points per game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's ugly. Nine against the Bears, 13 at home against Cincinnati. These are home games. 15 against Washington, nine at Kansas City. And then so it's improbable they close with a four-game winning streak, and they got a lot of breaks. They faced Locke instead of Bridgewater. Right. They got Mullins, third string in a, in a, a COVID-ravaged 
Browns team, Carlson has to win the game at the gun. They get COVID with, with Wentz, although he's still cleared to play. He was horrible, vomited on himself. Carr throws two interceptions. They still win the game. And then the Chargers, uh, the epic game Sunday night, which everything went against them in the second half. But then the decision to kick, they were making the playoffs anyways. Wild season. But, yeah. Huh. I bet over the Raiders' season win total of seven. I know others who bet over seven and a half. That looked like it was going to be a loser. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. That is wild. I can't believe it. We'll, get to, we'll talk to Mike Palm in studio up next. We'll go through no hyperbole. It's a huge weekend here at Circa with uh, giving out the money and also uh, the six playoff games. Win some, lose some, in pocket, all that straight in the final hour with Mike Palm, VP of Circa, and v host. Follow the money, Paulie Howard, Matt Jones. Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. 